What's going on, everybody? Paddle and Finn has got a meetup going down October 16th through 18th at Eastport Marina and Resort in Alpine, Tennessee, which which falls right on Dale Hollow. What we're going to be doing is just hanging out, fishing. Uh, depending on the number of people that show up and the interest, we may do a small tournament. Uh, we will have some stuff to give away Saturday evening. We're going to do a hangout and a little little barbecue action we'll have food for everybody if you're looking for lodging you could stay right at the resort it's fifty dollars per person per night um, and what you get is your own personal bedroom on a houseboat luxury houseboat courtesy eastport marina that's a special price they gave us to lend to our listeners if you want uh, more info on the resort you can go to eastport.info and uh, their website will pop up there you'll see all the houseboats and things like that a majority of our hosts are going to be there and we would love to spend some time on the water with you this segment is brought to you by jigmaster jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com and use promo code pnf20 and save 20 percent off your next jig order today Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beer segment on the Paddle and Fin Network. It's your host, Armando Solan, and on this segment, we kick back with a special guest and talk about life, kayak fishing, and the pursuit of big bass. So get your cold brews on and enjoy the show. Welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers Network, presented by Douglas Rods. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out your nearest authorized dealer and to check out their full lineup of LRS rods and Matrix rods. So we got a special episode for you today. My special guest is Ross Pinkerton, just fresh from winning the um, KBBT Texas Regional and officially the bad, I'm sorry, <laughs> The Bass Baron. I almost said something that was going to come out bad. Bass Baron for Texas is here to join us. Russ, thank you so much for taking time. And first of all, congratulations on your big win in the KBBT Texas Regional. Thanks, man. And uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you for taking the time. Um, so, Ross, first of all, before we get dive into the KBBT and how it went and where you fish and how you got to, to winning it, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, what got you into fishing, what do you do for a living also, and um, when did you start a kayak fishing and all that? Okay. Um, so I'll start at the top. I started fishing when I was probably about six or seven years old. Um <laughs> My parents started taking me out on the Brazos River on canoe trips, and I would just sit in the front and cast my rooster tail around and catch a bunch of little fish, and that's all that I really wanted to do when I was a kid, you know. So um, I do want to say thanks to them for kind of instilling that love for the outdoors in me at a young age. Um, I definitely wouldn't be the angler that I am today without them. So that's what kind of got me started bass fishing. Uh, from there, uh, I went to Arlington Heights High School. I played baseball. Uh, I was our district MVP my senior year, and oh. I wasn't able to actually make baseball go further than high school due to injuries and other stuff. So um, I got into kayak fishing when I was probably about 18 or 19, about that same time. And um, it wasn't really a serious thing. It was just a hobby, another one of my hobbies. You know, I really like the outdoors, all kinds of stuff, uh, duck hunting, bass fishing, um, you name it, I've probably done it or would like to do it at some point in my life. 
So um, that's what got me started doing that. And then the way I make my living now is I'm actually a licensed irrigator. So uh, I work on sprinkler systems. I, I repair sprinkler systems. I have my own sprinkler business. It's called Pinkerton Sprinkler Repair Company. So um, that's what I do, man. I, I work on sprinklers and I go bass fishing. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Awesome. What do you, what got you first of all into kayak fishing? What was the first time you went kayak fishing? You know, how did that trip come about? Um, if you remember, it's been a long time, man. Um, I think my dad bought a wilderness systems ride 135 when I was like 16 or something. And, uh, and I pretty much took that over, you know, he, he thought he was going to take it out a bunch and uh, he found out real fast that I was going to take it out more than he did. So, <laughs> um, that's what that's what I started doing, and I took it on some actually. Actually, I took it on some overnight trips by myself down on the Brazos. Um, did some actual duck hunting down there by myself with my dog, and um, that was probably one of my first fishing trips out of the kayak. Was actually the same spot that I fished the championship Sunday at. Nice, kind of going full circle with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, what what part of the Brazos River were you fishing out of? So I was fishing the stretch below Possum Kingdom. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a couple pretty good little spots down on that stretch that I wanted to go check out. Um, I don't want to give exact locations, but, you know. I understand. If, you know, I, I basically had to launch at the 16 bridge and then take out at the 16 bridge. So there you go. You know, um, that pretty much narrows it down because you can only go so far upstream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Brass. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go for it, man. No, Brazos River is one of my favorite um, rivers to fish over here. And it's obviously a different section. Like, I've gone through the bottom of Whitney Lake, and that section is, like, full of grass. It's, like, frog heaven. I love that area. But then I went to the – I think it's still the Brazos, right? Um, it's not Possum Kingdom. Crap, which was it? It's not Whitney Lake. God, I had it on my mind. I just forgot. What's the other reservoir that goes? It's Possum Kingdom. Granberry. Now, no, I've I've done Granberry. I hate Granberry. Um, I can't I can't catch a fish out of Granberry, man. I don't know what. I was gonna fish for a tournament there, and I pre-fished it for like three times. I didn't catch anything, and I was like, I'm I ain't even going to show up for this. So I'm gonna do. And actually, that was the that was the same day I started with the KBBBT Texas Regional, which I really? went to Lake Fork. Yeah, so that was the same day I had the Granberry. I was like, I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll go Granberry. You know, hopefully I'll do good and I'll win two tournaments or right. at least but out after pre-fishing i was like there's no way i can make it <laughs> past the that uh first round on granberry it's not but no it's not oh crap what is it anyways it'll come to my mind later but yeah i love brazos river at least some sections of it um but definitely yeah it's if you're in texas you definitely have to check out brazos river so kbbt First impressions, how was it? What did you like about it? What did you love? What did you not? I'm not going to say hate because that's a strong word, but maybe things that you thought, oh, this could be better or stuff like that, if there's anything you think. It was a pretty well-run tournament. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say is that if you make it to the final four, you're going to be fishing for four days. And at the end of that, there's only a certain payout. So you kind of put in a lot of work for maybe not as much money as you were hoping. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's just the way that that thing goes, you know, with a $45 entry fee. And if you win, you make it to the next round. Well, if you keep winning, you're going to do a lot of fishing for the same amount of money, you know? So yeah. 
Um, that may be the only downside I could see. Other than that, it was ran pretty well. Greg, Chris, uh, Chris Delgado, and Mark Coates, and all those guys did a pretty good job of putting it together. And um, everything was pretty straightforward and honest, and I don't really have any complaints about it. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, it is. I liked it. Christopher um, and Marcus Coltsobers bring a lot of personality, and so does Greg Nosar. You know, he's the one who pretty much runs it. And I, what I like about him, he's always trying to give the anglers, you know, an opportunity to showcase themselves. You know, if there's anglers out there that are looking to, you know, promote themselves and get sponsors, stuff like that, he does a real good job of it. And it's a new, um, I guess, the knockout stage kind of thing. It's not new to American sports, but obviously it is new to kayak fishing and there's always things that going to be tinkered and improved and and going to get better at but for the most part i agree with you it's 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 a great product it's a great um, opportunity for anglers out there that can't travel too much to kind of be able to put a a, a tournament that'll actually get in some face time you know on social media um i love the one-on-one -on -one. one thing that i um that i thought and I'm not saying it because, oh, that would have got me to a second round. Because regardless, all I got, I think, was uh, I think was just under 50. I can't remember. 40-something inches. I only caught three. But the only thing that I thought is I saw after the first round, there were one angle in particular. I'm not going to say names. because I'm not here to, to dish on anybody. But, like, end up going through because on 36 inches because his opponent only had 29. And then one, I can't remember who it was, ended up – not going through the third next round and he almost had 80. So that's the only thing that I thought is like, man, it, to a certain degree, it's the luck of who you going get to draw with, you know? Right. Um, and that's the only thing that I prompt. I, from a competitor standpoint, I would change is like, instead of going one-on-one, -on -one, okay, let's do a round of 32 and the top 16 pass, go to the right. next round. Right. And then 16, the top eight pass to the next one. Eight. That's the only thing, but that's from a angler's perspective. I understand Greg Nozar, Christopher DeGala, and Mike Coates have to look for what's going to bring more attention. And obviously the one-on-one, mano-a-mano, angler right. versus angler thing is more interesting as far as um, growing the sport in social media and getting attention. So, you know, it's one of those things where you weigh in. But other than that, it's. Uh, I mean, that was that was my two cents, but it is still – a great opportunity to fish and anybody that's kind of on the fence to try it, I would definitely recommend to try the Greg Knowles, especially in Texas. Obviously with particulars, you and I are from Texas, but Christopher the Gallo, shout out to him and Mark Coates for doing a great job. Absolutely, man. Yeah. They both did a really good job. And um, that just kind of reminds me of my round two. I actually fished the same lake with Hayden Crossnow. Mm. And he, he caught 87 and a half inches and I only caught 78 inches and he ended up losing and I ended up moving forward. So, yeah. you know, it's just the way, it, the way it goes with this style of bracket, you know? Um, but you know, it was, uh, it was a fun event for sure. And every time I moved forward, I was kind of like, okay, you know, we made it to the next round and then we just kept making it to the next round. And, and then before I knew it, I was in the final four with Jeff Isham and Dwayne Taff and, Marcus Coates, you know, and I'm, and everybody's like, who's this Ross guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Those are big names. Yeah. Marcus, so. Marcus Coates has been turning it up lately. I don't, his honey hole is producing massive numbers, man. Right. He got That's dialed true. in, I think it's Toledo. I can't remember what it is, but golly. Yeah. 
yeah, he's he's turning it up out there. So yeah, no no small accomplishment going against those three guys. Um, very well known in Texas, uh, definitely hammers as far as uh, it's considered here in Texas and putting God only uh, numbers there. So let's go through like round by one. Which, um, if you can, if you don't mind sharing where you were, not exactly, but first round, where do you where did you end up going? Okay, so round one, I went to Lake Whitney. And, Lake Whitney, um, cool. Sure, and I, I, you know, I fished the first KVBT ever event. Um, I went out there my first round, and I caught like 93 inches. So I had a really good day out there my first time. And I had probably fished Lake Whitney three or four, maybe five times before this uh, this event came up. So I kind of was familiar with the fish out there. Um, I really thought I was going to get on a good glide bait bite the same way I did on the Brazzers my final day. Uh, ended up not exactly working out for me on Whitney with that. I had to kind of, um, you know, switch courses and throw a wacky rig instead of throwing that glide bait around and just to fill out a limit. And that small limit that I caught, I think it was only 72 inches, but it was one of those deals where the other guy just didn't put up a limit. Mm -hmm. you know? So um, I ended up making it to the next round just with 72 inches and, you know, a bunch of little small ones pretty much. Um, but hey, it worked out great. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Whitney in the first place was I knew if even if, even if I couldn't catch a bunch of big ones, there was definitely lots of fish there to be caught. And uh, I knew I could catch a limit for for sure. Cool. Do you mind saying what part of Whitney? If you if you want to keep it a secret, no, that's yeah, fine. That's fine. Uh, it was mid lake, um, kind nice. of kind of close to where the bridge crosses. Um, that's just. About, I mean, I was fishing Main Lake Pockets. If that gives cool. you any ideas, yeah. Yeah, I know kind of the area. I've usually fished close to the um, um, to dam um, and those little um, fingering creeks. Um, not had a lot of luck, but a beautiful lake, by the way. Huge yeah. striper, man. Every time I hook into something like this, there's a striper or is this a bass? Because <laughs> they have yeah, huge stripers there and hybrids. There's a lot of striper in there. In fact, uh, I was out there once and they were just, I mean, literally a school of them was right underneath me the whole time I was fishing in the morning. Um, but man, if you get out there towards those main lake pockets and you focus no. on those really big points and those drop-offs with a, like a glide bait or a jerk bait, you'll catch some big bass for sure. Um, that's what I've been, in fact, I got it right here, man. Look, um, this Which, little Oh, that's, oh uh, yeah. I mean, that's the juice right there. If you, if you just throw it past those points and reel it real slow and I mean, it's just big and dumb and it looks easy and the bass come out and just smash it. So eating better is easy with factors, delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including calorie smart protein plus, which is the one I like and keto get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. I got a couple of those. 
I'm gonna have time. You know what? You saw me because I was actually tomorrow my day off. I'm gonna go. I was thinking, where do I want to go fishing tomorrow? And I and Whitney was kind of like on my top of the list, but I was like, eh, maybe I want to go closer. But you know what? I'm gonna go to Whitney tomorrow. Then I'm gonna yeah, throw man. that glad with some points. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll hit you up for some coordinates after with the show. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll hook you up, bro. Uh, make long casts with it and reel it slow. That's all I can say. Um, awesome. We'll talk. <laughs> so second round, where did you ended up going and how did you do and what worked for you? All right. So I'm not allowed to uh, disclose my location on the second and third rounds. Um, oh, okay. No worries then. I, it's not, you know, and, and it's not like I caught a whole bunch of fish. I think I got 70 in the seventies, both rounds, you know, but uh, you know, it's just one of those lakes where it's within a couple hours of Fort Worth and not a whole lot of people know about it, but it's a really good fishery. And I've promised a couple of people not to disclose. No worries. Totally respect that. Okay, sure. So, oh. but it's a, it's a grass lake. It's full of grass. And uh, I was catching them on a frog. I was catching them on a top water and, you know, some finesse baits like a Cinco and stuff like that. Um, actually, my last, I think, round three, I caught some on a shaky head. They were kind of moving out of the grass. And that was the hard part about it is because... You couldn't just go in the grass and catch them, you know, because the grass was just all over the place. And they were kind of transitioning out of the grass, going into those mm. you know, more rocky style of places, those deeper water spots. And uh, that's what I had to do. I had to switch over from throwing a frog and, and grass fishing, you know, power fishing the grass to uh, really kind of slowing down and picking apart these little rocky points and little drop offs and stuff like that. And that's the only way I was able to make it to the final four was a, uh, just finesse fishing and really, really slowing down. Cool, man. Yeah, it's it's interesting how it all played out for me. And and not to take away from what you say, not to steal your thunder. My first round, I went to um, Lake Fork, and I was super confident about what I had. And I started off great, man. First hour, first thirty minutes, I already had twenty nine inches. It was just back to back, but the bite shot down. And the spot might like there's a spot in Lake Fork that I always go that I it's just like that's my spot. And it was since I started, I could see because I started right before sunup and I could see the line of boats just kind of like coming in and out of that spot. I'm like, there's no way. There's no <laughs> way. There's like five boats trying to get into that spot. So I went afterwards by noon, and by then I think the bite had moved further uh deeper and out of those um out of those creeks. But it was interesting. I saw, I know I went against uh, J.R. McCubby. Mm -hmm. I hope I, I pronounced that. Uh, if not, please apologize. I have to apologize to J.R. But um, he was telling me he was struggling, but he still put up 89 inches. But I know talking to some of the anglers, they were all struggling that first round. It was a hard Jeff Isom struggle, mightily. Um, yeah. his, his, um, his opponents struggle a lot. A lot more, I think, probably more than anybody, and he—that's what got him Jeff Isom to the, you know, to the next one. Not to take anything away from Jeff, a great angler, probably one of the best in Texas, um, but definitely, definitely was a tough bite that first week. It seems to be that transition is taking a little bit. That transition to full weather bite is taking—I want to say longer, but it's not—it's not there yet. Like I know a couple of anglers who were talking and they were like, "Yeah, man, it should be good." That fall, you know, because it cooled off a bit, but then it kind of—it had like a 
or is it like a cold front come in for like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? Yeah. And then it heated up a lot. I remember I was at the lake. It was the water temperature was 79 yeah. at 630, and it went up to 86 by, I think, by 10 a.m. or by noon at least. It was in the... 86 so it was it was it was very different that we usually you know get to see in texas around that time just because of that cold front that came in early and i don't know it threw everything away but some guys really got it figured out like we saw in the first round absolutely this time of year it's pretty hard to fish just because of yep. what you're saying um the fish don't really know what to do they're like okay it was 50 degrees last night but now it's going to be 100 degrees today you know yeah. so it's, you know where do we go so um yeah, that's, that's the kind of situations where I like to really slow down and finesse fish just because they're not going to be eating those power bite, you know, those power baits like a chatterbait or a spinnerbait. If you're burning that stuff before, you know, now they're not going to be on that anymore. So, um, and they don't really like to eat topwaters too much in this time of year either, I've noticed. I mean, right at the very beginning, you know, now we're kind of getting into it. A yeah. Better. Um, I was, you know, especially after the bag I caught on Sunday, I, I really think the fish are turned on. But, um, you know, now's the time of, time of year where I want to go out there and I want to throw that glide bait as much as I can. I want to throw a topwater. I, I want to focus on the backs of those creeks and really find those big schools of fish that are going to be feeding up for, uh, for the winter, you know. Cool. So the final four was all in one lake, right? So it was supposed, it was going to be all on the same lake. And then okay. they, they asked all the anglers um, at the elite, before the elite eight, they asked us all to take a vote on Facebook messenger. Um, if we wanted to fish the same lake or if we all wanted to fish our home lakes and it ended up, ended up being that most of the people chose to fish their home waters. Um, I actually voted for same lake because I yeah. felt like I would have a better chance, you know, competing against these other guys who, They've been fishing their honey holes, their little spots, and they've been putting up these crazy numbers. You know, put us on the same body of water, and we'll see who comes out on top. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. Um, it didn't end up working out that way, but it still worked out in my favor. But, um, you know, we were supposed to have it all on the same lake, but it didn't It didn't end up being that way. Yeah, I, 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 since I didn't make the Elite Eight, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I got my – I have to think about that. Uh, to pass judgment on that decision because to me it's like if you started off saying that's what the rule is then to me then you should have stuck with that yeah. having said that i give props to greg again and and chris for um taking a vote you know and right. you know letting the anglers choose that's also cool as well but yeah that's interesting i didn't know that well, awesome so, go ahead well the reason that i think it actually they wanted to give people an opportunity to vote is because a lot of people were signed up for Gunnersville, um, you know, oh, okay. other big tournaments and they were going to be leaving and, you know, it just wouldn't have been very easy for them to finish both of the events. So they wanted to make it easier for people to do that. I know Doc Acosta was one of those that just, uh, he was already signed up and he was planning on leaving like a long time before the tournament started. And that if we had all had to fish the same lake, it would have really messed him up on that. So, um, you know, it just is what it is, and it worked out pretty well, I think. Yeah, no, for you, it's awesome. Yeah, no, and I, I, that's the thing. That's why I don't like to pass judgment because I didn't know all the – but that's a good point. Yeah, props to – in that case, props to Christopher and Greg again. They – they again, they put in the anglers first mentality, and they don't only preach it. They, you know, they 
they put their money where their mouth is when it comes to putting the English first. And that's why I really appreciate and respect what Greg and Christopher are doing. That's awesome. I didn't know that part. So going into the last round. So, okay, so we can't say the Lakes on the second or third round, but the fourth round, final yes. round, right? Can yeah. we mention that one? Absolutely, yeah. Which one was that one? So Brazos River. Oh, Brazos River, that's right. Below Possum Kingdom, yeah. And it's uh, it's it gets a lot of fishing, you know. It gets a lot of pressure. Uh, the question isn't whether or not the bass are there, because they're definitely there, you know. It's just whether or not you can make them bite. So um, I kind of knew that going into it. The uh, I looked after after I found out that I was moving on on Saturday and I had to fish again on Sunday for the Final Four. I started looking at the weather. And I saw it was going to be like 15 mile an hour winds, like all over the state, you know? So, um, I kind of didn't want to have to be fighting that wind all the time on a big lake. So I decided to go fish a river and the Brazos is, is a famous bass fishing river. I yeah. fished it when I was a kid, you know, I haven't fished it recently, but I kind of knew there's some good fishing there and I have a good idea of where I can go to try to find them. Uh, so that's what I did. And I actually, I started off in the morning throwing a top water and I fished my way all the way down about, uh, I don't know, several miles uh, to my spot. And then I, I decided to switch over to a glide bait. And I think it was my first cast with a glide bait that I caught my 20. I caught a 20 incher on my first cast and then I caught a 19 and a half on my, on my third cast. So uh, with a glide bait. So it was just on. And after that, I just ran with that the whole day and covered a bunch of water. And I was fortunate enough to trick some more big ones into biting it. What is it? Um, is that your favorite technique using or favorite bait using the, the glide bait? It's, man, it's hard to say. I mean, my, my favorite bait used to be a frog, and then it used to be a Cinco, and then it used to be a spinnerbait. It's whatever catches fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like what's going to what's gonna work for me on this day. But uh, if I have to choose one thing, I'm probably going to choose a glide bait just because – you get to watch them eat it, you know what I mean? And that's something yeah. you don't really get to do a whole lot. Um, you know, yeah, you get to watch them eat it with a frog because it's a topwater, but you don't ever really get to see those five, six, eight-pounders come up and just flash on it, you know what I mean? And that's one of those, one of those deals where a glide bait is just a whole lot of fun. Um, it's, yeah, definitely my favorite way to fish at the, at the moment. Seems like you're pretty good at it. You come, you, how do you say, how confident are you in it? Like when you, when you think the, the glided bait is on, what, how comfortable are you going into a tournament thinking, oh yeah, I got this. It's one of those deals where a lot of people think if you're throwing a glide bait, you're swinging for the fences. Mm -hmm. And, um, that is true in a sense, but it's also, um, just the, it's just has a lot of drawing power. And I feel like, I have a lot of confidence in that drawing power that even if I don't exactly catch the fish, uh, the fish is going to show itself to me and I'm going to know exactly where it lives, you know, so I can come back around and, and try to catch them another way. Um, so just for exploring new water and trying to figure out where the big bass live in any body of water, a glide bait is definitely one of the best choices you can throw. Um, I have a lot of confidence in it. I've actually only been fishing it this year. So this is my first year throwing it. Um, there's a, there's a few techniques and a few little secrets that, that I don't want to give everything away, but the main thing is is just cast it really far and reel it really slow and give those bass every opportunity in the world to come up and, and put their mouth on it. Cool. That's a, 
That's a good point. I was hoping you spilled the beans a little bit on that one. I've never had a lot of uh, luck with the glide bait. I was like, throw it a little bit, not have luck, but then I'll put it away. Like, I've, you know, if I don't, if in the first few minutes I don't feel a bite, then it's like, eh. But I want to get more confidence. There's some great glide baits out there. Um, uh, and uh, that's definitely one of the things that I like to get better at using glide bait because it, it is a big fish magnet. And yeah. now that fall season is coming, I think that's one of the best times. Now I heard, like I said, I'm not an expert. I've heard um, that it's one of the best times to throw a glide bait out there. Yeah, I like um, right after the spawn is a good time after they've spawned and they've kind of pulled back out onto those, you know, stopping points or stop signs, as people say. Uh, that's mm. a really good time for the S waiver. And then, yeah, just like you said, right now in the fall, when they're kind of feeding up, you know, those bass are lazy. They don't get big from chasing all those little minnows around the bank. They get big by sitting back, waiting for some big, dumb trout or something to swim by, you know. And uh, that's uh, that's my secret, man. That's my secret technique, and that's what won this tournament for me. So, Cool, man. That's awesome. How how intimidating for you was it to, to go against Aisham, Taft, and Marcus Colt, especially considering the tear that Marcus Coates has been on in the last few months? Sure. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I felt like I was definitely the underdog in this tournament in the Final Four, but at the same time, you know, I've caught a, I've caught a lot of fish on an S-waiver. I've caught a lot of fish uh, in general, and I had – I had every confidence in the world that I was going to be able to go out there and put up a good bag, you know, and that's all I was worried about. I, I wasn't really worried about anybody else. I was just thinking about, you know, how do I go out and catch five good ones tomorrow? So um, that's what I did. I just went out to the Brazzers and got lucky kind of, but you know, you can say it's luck if you catch one, but if you catch, I think I caught six on a glide bait or, you know, something like that. So I, I kind of had them figured out a little bit. What was the water temperatures at um, when you were throwing that glide? But do you remember? Like, what was the water condition general? Clarity, water temperatures, right. depth? So there's going to be a caveat to this because the river that I was fishing, the section of the Brazos I was fishing is really cold because it comes from the bottom of PK. You okay. Know, so, uh, the water coming out of the dam is probably, I don't know, I, I want to say like maybe 65, 60 degrees. Mm. It's, pretty, it's pretty chilly, you know, considering we're in August or September now. Um, it's, you know, it's pretty chilly. God, it's October, isn't it? <laughs> Just <laughs> you today. Got your big one, one synced up on you one by one day. <laughs> yeah, my birthday is tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, man, nice. Yeah. How old are you going to be? I'm going to be 29. Really? 29, man. That's good. Yeah. What, are you, what are the plans for tomorrow then? It's Friday. Um, um, me, and, uh, me and my girl are going to go camp out, maybe do a little pre-fishing for the Lone Star Throwdown. Uh, nice. down on Inks. Yeah, so I think we're going to go check out Lake Buchanan, Inks, and uh, LBJ. Nice, LBJ. man. Yeah. Best of luck out there. I appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Cool. So um, so how was the – we talked about a little bit of the water conditions. It was like um, in the – what is it, like, like the low, low 60s? Yeah, it's pretty chilly. Uh, low 60s, I would say. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. 
they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And um, it just depends because it'll it's going to be colder coming from the dam, but as, as you get down river, it starts to warm up a little yeah. bit. And, um, you know, in those deeper pools, it kind of gets to get, that's probably the warmest spot is those deepest, those deeper pools. But um, yeah, low 60s, up to 70 maybe. Um, and those bass were just on. You know, I was actually down there in that same area like in June and there were still bass on beds. Really? Oh, yeah. well, yeah, because the water is so cold. Exactly. I yeah. actually, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. No, I was actually, I caught, I was uh, bank fishing on the Trinity River in down in downtown Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And I and I couldn't get any, again, I thought the bite was going to be more active with the with um, water cooling off and the temperatures cooling off. But it hasn't, like it's taken a little bit longer. So I started throwing a wacky rig Senko and I caught one. And when I looked at it, the tail, the bottom of the tail was kind of all bloodied out. You know what? You know when they fan, they start fanning the. the and I'm thinking, man, I wonder if they're spawning again. Because I've heard of places where in Texas where they actually spawn, like in in spring and in um in in fall, early fall or late fall, depending. You know, you know how whether it's in Texas, you know, summer can go all the way down to to almost November. And then all of a sudden we had, what was it? A couple of years ago, summer was in pretty much May and it ended fall started somewhere in, in mid August. That was about two summers, two or three summers ago. But anyways, I, I caught it. I took a picture of it. I'm like, man, I wonder if it was uh spawning because it had that tail, you know, kind of like rolled it on the bottom and a little and reddish, you know, irritated. So I was like, oh, I could be setting yeah. up nests again. Yeah, probably yeah. was. Um, I actually caught my PB on a bed this year on uh, Lake Denbrook, and uh, it was, I don't know, it was probably, I didn't get a weight, but it, it was 22 and a half inches and completely, you know, just as fat as you could be as a fish. Um, me and my buddies were guessing probably just a little under eight pounds, but uh, I caught it on a jig, and it was the same deal, man. They were just on beds, and that's that's one of my favorite ways to catch them. You know, you sit here, and you're like, Oh, is the glide bait your favorite bait? And I'm like, yeah, but not when they're spawning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not in the middle of summer. So it just depends. But uh, it's definitely, if I had to pick only one way to catch them, a glide bait is going to be the way that, that I prefer to. Yeah, definitely. I love Bainbrook. It's a nice uh, nice lake and definitely a lot of biggest. I haven't, I went once, I caught a few, but the few that I got were pretty big, Um, you know, somewhere in the 18 and 20 inch um, and they were out deep. Um, it was uh, last summer, I think it was. Now I just remember what the bottom of that river. I thought it was the Brazos River. Actually, it was the um, the Red River out of Texoma. Okay, yeah. Texoma down, yeah. That was that was all carp and gar <laughs> on the <laughs> bottom of that Red River. I was like, yeah, there's no bass here. This is all carp and gar, man. But yeah, it was in Brazos now that I remember. Yeah, Brazos is a, is a pretty cool. Yeah, I have to check out on the bottom. Uh, I haven't gone to PK or or the Brazos in that section, but it's definitely one of my favorite lakes. Um, not lakes, uh, rivers here in Texas. 
Man, if you want to get the best experience for the Brazzers, do the 20-mile trip from the dam down to Rochelle's. Um, that'll just... Out of PK? Yeah. Look up Rochelle's. I don't know if you've ever heard, ever yeah, heard yeah. of Rochelle's. But, yeah, they do shuttles and uh, canoe rentals and all that good stuff. But you put in at the 16 bridge and you float down 20 miles to Rochelle's. It's like most people can do it in two days, but I like to do it in three days. Uh, you stay two nights on the river and basically just fish slowly the whole way down for three days. And uh, that's what I started doing when I was a kid with my parents. And that's really nice. what you know drove me into bass fishing. So if you want the full Brazos experience, definitely hit up that that 20 mile trip. Nice. And they picked you up at the bottom and bring you back to the car. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. I'll have to check it out. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Give them a call. It's uh, and just uh, <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. I know Guillermo Gonzalez and Matt do um some some tours. Yes. Bass fishing tour. I'm wondering. It's probably one of the spots because I see some of video. I'm like, yeah, that looks like the Brazos River. But again, it could be the Trinity River or whatever or the river around. But yeah, I wonder if that's one of the uh, places they could do. So I know they uh, used to do that. I'm sure that they will take people down on that stretch. Uh, I think I actually heard Matt tell me once that he takes people below Lake Whitney. Yeah. Uh, not just right below the lake. I think he's got private access on. Uh, yes, that's uh, what I've heard. That's a ways down from, from Lake Whitney. But any, I mean, any stre stretch of the Brazos has big fish. So you yeah. can go down anywhere and, and you'll catch them. So. There's there's a video of some dudes. It was on winter, and they went to the to the bottom, like right at the, that pool that's at the bottom. It's a concrete pool at the bottom of Whitney Lake, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they actually game warden kicked them out. But before they did, on the glide bed, if I remember correctly, they caught this huge striper. Yeah, right at that pool, just before they got kicked out. Um, yeah. And they, that area over there is full of stripers, too. Yeah. Big stripers. The S-Waver is actually a good striper yeah. lure. That a lot of people yes. throw it for stripers just because, you know, it's so big and just looks like what they're eating. But, uh, yeah, man, the uh, <laughs> the Brazos is full of big bass, whether you're talking about stripers or largemouth. Or I even caught some spotted bass. I, I'd really like to see if there's any big spotted bass in the Brazos. Um, that would be pretty cool. I'm sure they'd eat an S-Waver, too. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. Whitney, I think Whitney holds the lake for the biggest um, smallmouth bass, but they really like. I'm wondering what happened because it was. You see the records. It's all in the mid '90s. I think '94, '92, and things. The calendar turned to 2000. There hasn't really been a big, big smallmouth bass for the last what. 30 years now here in Texas, yeah. especially on Whitney. So I'm wondering what's going on there, if they don't stock them anymore or what. But they used back in the 90s, if you look at the records, it's especially on Whitney Lake, there was, you know, five, seven pound uh, smallmouth bass, but it was all in the mid 90s. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that. Um, you know, it could have something to do with the fish kills that they had. Um, yeah. You know, just more people fishing in general. Um, you know, Texas isn't exactly the best environment for smallmouth. No, so just because it gets so hot and we are on a bit of a warming trend in general, but, um, like I caught one in broken bow the other, uh, not the other day, but several months ago, it was in the middle of summer and, uh, I caught a smallmouth and I, it literally died, you know, like I caught it, pulled it up to the surface and it just died because it was so hot. I mean, they were just not, 
feeling they were not you know doing good in that that lake at that time yeah that's sad yeah yeah the numbers grapevine i think last year broke its own record twice in one month i was talking to grant out of um fun and sun tackle right here at highway 10 and he was telling me that one of the guys that you know is a big fan of fun and sun tackle was telling me showing pictures it, it broke like it went from four and a half pounds on February, and by the end of February, somebody else caught another one that was five and a half pounds, something like that, which I think that's a late record for late grapevine. So late grapevine apparently is on the uh, on the rise as far as smallmouth bass, but it's pretty much the only one lately. Yeah, I've heard about it. I haven't ever been on late grapevine, <laughs> which is weird. It, it's You've never been to late grapevine, really? You're so no. close to it. I know. It, it's <laughs> late grapevine... It's just way too many pleasure boaters for me. Yeah. Way too many pleasure boaters for me. There's, you'll see one or two bass boats. Uh, uh, out of all the lakes that I've been there, I've seen a lot of kayaks. I think Grapevine has, because of the consultation, you know, it's like right in the middle of the, of the um, DFW Metroplex. For those that don't live here, it's like right in the middle of Dallas and Fort worth which kind of like sister suitors and in between the dallas and fort worth again if you don't live in texas a huge metroplex and right in the middle north of it is grapevine so it's just man it's just especially on the weekends i don't touch grapevine on the weekends with a 10-foot pole man because it's just way too many pleasure boarders jet skis and usually the smallmouth will hang out at the um at the at the dam and that's where all the pleasure boarders with all the wakeboards and all the jet skis hang out so it's like yeah it's not i don't yeah i i used to fish all those lakes like i used to fish um like eagle mountain and and yeah. Pembroke and lake worth and you know those kind of lakes they get a lot of pleasure boaters just because of where they're located you know yeah um I've kind of really started to get away from those places. Yeah. You know, I still fish Bimbrook because there's giant bass in Bimbrook. Yeah, but, they are. Um, I started getting away from those places just because, you know, I, I kind of want to get away from everybody, you know. And, man, the other day on Sunday when I was on the Brazzers, I mean, I launched pretty early, but I was the only one on the river for, like, two or three hours, you know. So, you know, that – I mean, I had the whole river to myself for a while, and it worked out pretty well for me. But – uh yeah i don't i don't like to fish in crowds if i can help yeah it. that being said i do uh, i do have a lot of confidence fishing behind people you know i don't really let that mess with me and think oh mm -hmm. he's already thrown in there i can't catch him because and you'll see that man on my video from the brazos river you'll see i actually i threw into my first spot with the top water and i worked it through there two times and didn't get a bite you know and most people would have said all right they're not there moved on and i was like no let me throw the glide bait in there and then first cast with the glide bait. I got to bite, you know, so just they saw my top water, but they just didn't want it, you know. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Yeah, that, I'm the same way. I don't go on. I don't fish on the week. Thankfully, my job allows me um to fish during the week. So I really I don't go to the, unless I'm doing a tournament. I don't even touch the water on the weekends. Because unless, um, you know, unless, again, it's a couple of friends invite me, hey, let's go do this or let's go fishing or if I got a tournament because they're all on the weekends. But other than that, I don't I really don't get on the water on the weekends. Just I don't I don't want to deal with it. I just don't want to deal with the crowds, man. Yeah. It's, it gets out of hand, especially on summer. Yeah. Winter, yeah. it might be different, you know. Right. I had a couple of boats roll up on me on Bembroke this year. Just, you know, 
like I'm catching fish on a spot and they roll up right on the spot and I'm just like what what's up dude like I can hit you in the head with my crankbait don't you think you're a little close you know oh have you ever been to have you ever been to Lake Louisville no I haven't okay Lake Louisville there's some spots that are notorious for hybrids and sand bass dude it it gets crazy you see anybody on us it's like it's crazy to me because of my to me the way I view the fishing culture is like there's somebody out there you know i'm not getting in there right. you know if they found the spot good for them you know i'll stay out the you know out the outreach maybe the school moved my way whatever but over there man nobody cares they'll be right on top of each other yeah it's crazy i'm i go with a buddy of mine that has a 14 foot loan and he don't care he'll right. just roll up next i'm like dude what are you doing but the guys around don't even bother because it's kind of like yeah, this is where the the school is. So everybody, you'll see five boats, yeah. and don't ever if you get a big bite. Yeah, it's funny because we get a big bite, just like play it off as you're <laughs> being snagged. Oh crap, I got snagged because right. they'll they'll hear you if you go like, oh man, I got a big one. Forget it, man. They'll come out of the woodwork and they'll plant themselves like literally five ten feet, and they'll just throw that jigging spoon right next to your boat. It's right. crazy. It's crazy, man. That's just but, the way the fishing's getting to be these days. Um, yeah. Close to the population, you know, populated areas. Yeah, man. I don't, um, you know, when I'm on the kayak, I've gone to Lake Louisville to do some sand bass and hybrid, but I try to keep it to myself. You know, I just like, if I see boats, you know, but no, man, when they're on boats, when I go with my buddy on the boat, he don't care. Nobody cares. It's just right on top of each other. I'm like, nah, I, I don't know. Cross my screen a little bit, but it is what it is. I guess the sand bass fishing culture is different than the bass fishing culture. Yeah, that is true. That is true. You know, it is very true. Uh, awesome. So other than bass fishing, man, what else do you like to fish for here in Texas? Um, You know, I've actually never caught a redfish before, which is kind of crazy, but that's something that I've always wanted to do is go catch reds. Um, I've caught a few speckled trout here and there, and um, – you know, I I don't really have another species of fish other than bass. I mean, largemouth is my favorite thing to catch. Um, you know, I, I don't mind catching stripers. I don't mind catching sand bass. But I, I even have caught crappie on Denbrook. I found a good crappie hole last year, and I caught a limit in like an hour uh, or nice. two hours or something. But, um, man, bass fishing, largemouth bass is just under my skin. It's just it's in my heart, you know, and that's what I love to do. So. That's pretty much what I do all the time. It's it's ingrained in especially in the Texas culture. Just bass fishing is I like I was I can't trying to remember who I was talking to on the podcast, but I like like Lake Fork. One of the things that I love about going to Lake Fork, it's not just the lake while I'm driving. Lake Fork to me is like a two hour drive. But mm -hmm. while I'm out there and coming back, it's like literally when you leave like in the DFW Metroplex and all of a sudden you drive to Benbrook, which is not that far. Again, two hour drive is not that far, in my opinion. Yeah. You're like going through like a time machine because all of a sudden you're at this place where it's like back in the late 70s, early 80s. Right. And it's all bass. Like the culture there, the town, the small towns around Lake Fork are just like, it's just bass. You know, it's just a huge bass culture everything revolves about bass fishing and i love that right. i love that that that's you know just because i don't know it's just going out there and just completely different subculture out there 
Yeah. So me and uh, me and my friend Hayden actually fished on OH Ivy earlier this year for mm. I think it was the first KBBT bracket, and uh, it's the same kind of deal, man. You get out there and you're just out in the middle of nowhere, and literally the only people around you are bass fishermen. You yeah. Know? Like there's a hundred bass boats at the ramp, and everything is just built on that one thing around that lake. You know, uh, you're actually gonna hate me for saying this, but I've never fished on Lake Fork. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. My God! Uh, I know, man. I, I'm. We got to hit Lake Fork, man. You have to go to Lake Fork. You know, I've only been kayak fishing like seriously for about a year and a half now, so really, I haven't had chance to to get out to all these places. You know, Lake Fork's been on my bucket list forever, but I've just never, you know, been out there. I've been on Athens. I've been on, you know, Richland Chamber. Athens, a good lake, yeah. All these, I've been on all these lakes, but I've never been on Fork, um, and that's something I. We'll hope to change maybe here soon. I don't know. Maybe I'll get out there before it gets to be too cold and I'm busy duck hunting, you know? <laughs> yeah, Lake, Lake Fork is, um, if you've never been to Lake Fork, think of it as Ray Roberts, that flooded timber area on the, what is, on the west, if you're, I'm trying to think, um, I think that's the west side, mm-hmm. upper west uh, west side of the lake, even though the whole west side of, uh, of Lake um Ray Roberts, where it's all flooded timber, that's right. pretty much um, Lake yeah. Fork. I've heard all the horror stories about people breaking their props and their fins and stuff like that, you know, yeah, um, on on Lake Fork. And I've, you know, I've been a fan of bass fishing forever, so I've watched the Bassmaster Classics and the Elite Series and all that good stuff. And you know, every time I've seen them on Fork, you know, just this last year, I was watching uh, who was the caught that ten pounder on a dang spinning rod, you know, and. Uh, you know, I'm watching that thing. And I'm like, man, I got to get out there. But then I just haven't made time to get out there. So it is the one thing that I've noticed about there. Like it also depends on the season. But example, on Lake Grapevine, I've caught a couple of like 19, 20 inches. And Ray Roberts, too, I caught my biggest one. It was a 22 and a, 22 and a quarter, 22 and a half. I'm going to say 22 and a quarter because I hate exaggerating and then being called out on it. So I think it was 22 and a quarter. But it was one of those things where it's like, okay, that wasn't much of a fight. Like, yeah, it's a great fish, but that wasn't big of a fight. The last, on the KBBT, I caught, um, my last fish was like five minutes before the tournament ended. I caught a 12-incher. And I saw it jump at the first, and I was like, yeah, it's not that big. But my God, the fight that that little dink put was like you could i could have sworn i was catching at least a four pounder yeah because and that's the thing about lake fork man i've never caught a fish at lake fork that didn't just put like a smack on it you know like it, right. they don't you don't get i miss my experience i've never had this little subtle bite that it it's always all or nothing bite with those bass over there, man. It's just they hit it hard and they'll fight you, you know, for like until, you know, they'll just fight you. Uh, and you think you caught a bigger fish than you what you got, but it's just there, there's something about an attitude on those Lake Fork bass that is, I don't know, I've never seen it at any other lake. Yeah, man, um, that's one, that's just a sign of how healthy the bass fishery is there. Yeah. You just know that it's super healthy for the bass there. Uh, the same is true at OHIV. I noticed the same thing. You know, you hook a 15 or 16 incher and you think, man, I got a 20 on, you know? Um, and you get up to the boat and you're like, dude, how, how are you not a 20 incher? You know? You yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> but, uh, 
and that's you know and then you catch an actual 20 incher or like my buddy brian he caught a 25 inch bass down there wow uh 11 pounds and 11.39 pounds yeah and that's uh that was an insane fish that's the biggest bass i've ever seen in my life he actually dove in out of his kayak after it and uh inflated his little hobie life jacket (laughs) i've got a bunch of pictures it's pretty funny because he's sitting in the water with this big old yellow jacket you know inflated around his neck and he's holding up a 12 pound bass man it's just uh unbelievable man unofficially my biggest bass was um and i said officially because i didn't i was just starting i didn't even have a kayak back then i was just bank fishing uh drop shot minnow and i caught out of and it must have been it must have been a bass that had just finished spawning or nesting because it was it was super thin. It the weather's had just gone up, um, but it must have been. I'll have to have somebody that's really good because <laughs> obviously I'm going to be biased. I'm going to say it's 30 inches, but it's obviously not. But I think I think it it's definitely got to be more than 22 inches. That was yeah. my biggest bass. Um, but it was one of those things where I thought I was. I thought I was snagged because it didn't even put up a fight. It was just like until I got it actually to a shore, I never even jumped, never even tried to make a run for it. So it's, yeah, it, it's funny, man. Sometimes you get those big fish, but they maybe they're so old or if you got them after the spawn when they're just like dead tired, you know, they haven't eaten for two weeks. Um, they're thin. They don't, they don't, you're like, okay, I expected this. If I ever caught a fish this side, it would be like the most epic fight. And it turns out it wasn't, but yeah, right. pretty cool. You didn't have to dive in in the water off your kayak after it, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Brian Pierce for that. I mean, just the absolute dedication he had to to jump in. We were fishing treetops that were probably sitting in about 12, 15 feet of water, actually, uh, because that's just the way the OHIV sets up. Mm-hmm. And this bass was on a bed. And he was tucked up underneath all these uh, these little trees and stuff like that. And Brian casted his little weightless fluke like way back in there, like maybe 15, 20 yards back into all this thick stuff. And I think as soon as it hit that water, that 12-pounder just like ate it, you know. And so then he's got a freaking 12-pounder on with like 15-pound line up over tree branches and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, I saw him from across the lake. I saw him pull his thing and his, his life jacket inflate. So... In my mind, I thought something was in, tr- you know, he was in trouble or something was wrong. So I started heading towards him. And he, by the time I got there, he's in the water and he's got the fish by the mouth. And he's like, I did it. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, was like, it that he broke off or it was just that it was got a, no, it like, just got, it had gotten tangled around a tree branch, you know, because um, he cast it over a bunch of, a bunch of brush and stuff like that to get to this little spot. And, um, yeah, I think he had it dangling from a tree branch for a couple of minutes before he got to it. And, uh, and that's that's the funniest thing, too, just thinking back on it, because I didn't even realize he had a fish. You know, I just saw him in the water with his life yeah. jacket on. Him. And then I got to him and he's like, he's like, I got her. I got her. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> what did you, you know? Oh, you got a fish. You know, I'm like, all right. You know, how big is it? Hold it up. And he like, I can barely see it. I'm like, how big is it? He's like, oh, I don't know, maybe like six or seven pounds, you know? That's what he said. And like, oh, like, maybe. Let me, see it. Let me see it. So he like pulls it up, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, dude, that's like a 12 pounder. <laughs> um, yeah, just an unbelievable fish catch. And I'm super lucky that I got to witness that. <laughs> yeah. I always get nervous using those um, 
um, weightless flukes and and all that just because like here's just because they can wrap around you know on their dock like it's easy to skip a single on us on a spin cast combo right. um but if you're using light line it's very possible he's just gonna wrap around something like me i don't like to when it's like a marina where it has all those crisscross cables Mm-hmm. Going around, I don't flip uh, a Senko on a spinning setup on, you know, one five, six pound uh, floral because it's, right. it, I'll be lucky to get it out. Right. But if it's like a house boat dock, you know, those houses are on the like um, lakefront and they'll have, you know, a, a boat dock that's just four sticks to, to, to you know, not, not a lot of stuff going around crisscrossing, then I'll throw in a, a little, uh, then I'll skip a little finesse technique there, but right. yeah, it's it's one of those things. I had it on Grapevine. I'm actually one with that bass, big bass of the day on the Slay Nation. It was uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think it was almost. I think it might have been the 19 incher. I have to check. Um, but I caught the same thing. It got wrapped around the Lake Grapevine because this summer has not rained at all. So the water level was really down. So I saw this twig forest or garden that I usually see on the graph. And I actually, I see the top of it now. So I'm like, perfect. I don't even have to use the graph. I know where it is. So I cast it, boom, immediately. And it got wrapped around those twigs. And I actually had to get my hand in and kind of like just move my hand around until finally get him to come out. Right. So I was like, well, it was worth it. Guys, it got me 70 bucks. <laughs> so it was worth getting it. So that kind of brings me back to one more thing I want to talk about. Um, yeah. Flavor. So the the fish that you catch with this are the same fish that you would catch with like a jerk bait or like a, yeah. a finesse bait, um, which is cool because, you know, I throw this thing on 50 pound braid to a 20 pound leader. So when you, you know, if you, if you hook the same fish that I caught on this with a little jerk bait, you know, good luck getting it in, man. You know, yeah. you got it on eight pound line or six pound line or something and, it's just going to be a rodeo trying to get that thing in. I can get the same fish to bite this thing and then just horse them into the kayak, you know? So that's another reason why I like the S waivers a lot. Let me ask you this. Now that we're going full circle with the glide baits, what setup do you use for that? You already yeah. said the line and everything, but sure. what kind of reel, what kind of uh, rod do you use for it? Sure. So the rod that I use it on is uh, a Dobbins Fury 7 mm. foot 3. So it's a 7 foot 3 heavy. It's kind of like a jig rod. You know? Okay. Um, and I actually throw a jig on the same rod. The cool thing is, is you know, with a kayak, I like to be kind of versatile. So I can I could throw on like a jig or even a frog on the same rod, you know, and throw it with straight braid. And then if I want to throw the glide bait, I just tie on like a ten foot section of mono leader, and I'll throw the glide bait on there and and catch them just like everything else. You know, it works works great. Nice. So what reel do you use? You said. Uh, the reel I have is a Shimano SLX DC. Oh, uh, nice. That's what yeah, I that's caught a nice one. on Sunday. Yeah, it, it's pretty nice. I actually lost a Corrado DC the other day, and that kind of broke my heart. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, it's painful. But, uh, you know, I made it up for my winning on Sunday. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I did, definitely. But, yeah, that's the kayak version of getting kicked in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually lost. I went to uh, Wheeler Lake with Dustin. First cast, I lost um, the uh, 
palm plate on my Vivo X EXD. Yeah. I'm I'm more of a Shimano guy, but the one reel that I love from Abu Garcia is the Vivo EXD, mm-hmm. just because I can cast a country mile with that thing if I'm using a crankbait, especially deep cranking. But I don't know. I guess the way I palm it, I kind of like on um, you know set the unlock the latch and it just <laughs> I see that plate going and I'm like oh my god no so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna go to I forgot the name of that place here in, in downtown Dallas where you can order parts so right my uh, my buddy Steven bought two Revo SX's yesterday for $17 a piece really <laughs> yeah damn you see selling tell him I'll put him 34 <laughs> yeah academy uh academy messed up again you know like they yeah they done that a lot <laughs> i've seen that i've actually got a, a a reel just like that a buddy of mine says hey man they just got it uh missile's like give me one give me one this is like you have left hand it doesn't matter just give me well give me two and i'll sell the other one if that's the price so we actually got a couple so the academy's known to do that here i don't know why okay we are back we have some technical difficulties but yeah we're talking about you got those um your friend got the oh you got those pretty cheap reels at academy that, that happened to me too and a friend of mine we got them i don't know why academy has done that a couple of times i heard other people have the same thing where they just misprice it yeah <laughs> i don't know somebody's getting fired there <laughs> probably but, not i probably just chalk it up on the loss column and keep on going <laughs> right so anyways man ross i really appreciate you taking the time i know i had you almost for an hour now so i don't want to take too much of your time and uh you know i appreciate you taking your time off to join us at the show but before i let you go um tell us a little bit of uh who do you want to thank you know if you got whether it's um families companies that have helped you out and all that but uh and also let us know where can people follow you i thought i thought you mentioned that you got um uh, the KBBBT, you know, um, those catches, you got it uploaded on YouTube. So where can people follow you on Instagram and YouTube and any other social media? And again, if you want to thank anybody else there for helping you out and influencing you, take your time. Absolutely. Um, so you can find me on YouTube at Ross Pinkerton. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Ross.Pinkerton and Facebook at Ross Pinkerton. Um, I actually did manage to catch every fish catch on film for my channel. So yeah, I'm about to upload the video from the Brazos river on Sunday. So y'all are probably going to want to check that out. Um, definitely unbelievable day of fishing. Um, and I want to thank my girlfriend, Cassie Bevins. She really helps take care of the kids and everything at home while I go and, and do a bunch of fishing and stuff like that. So thanks, babe. I love you. And, um, my parents just for. Same thing, helping out with the kid and then also for uh, instilling the love for the outdoors in me at a young age, you know, just really helped put me on the right path, kept me out of trouble, um, some trouble, you know, I still managed to find a little bit. But... <laughs> always, you got to learn somehow, right? Right. <laughs> Can't always be told. <laughs> that's it, man. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, oh, thank you. to everybody at KBBT for running that, that awesome tournament and uh We'll see you. See you around, man. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much again uh, for joining us. I uh, do appreciate it, man. And uh, you live kind of like right around where I live, so we gotta, gotta, we gotta get you Lake Fork, and then you gotta t- take me to those third and fourth round, or second and third round spots that you can't mention on the air. Absolutely. <laughs> nah. I'll, uh, I'll, you, I'll, I'll take you to those spots, and if you want to hit the brasses, let me know. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. This has been the Bass Kayak and Beers uh, segment on the Paddle and Fit Network. Once again, my special guest, Ross Pinkerton, a.k.a. the Bass Baron of Texas. Uh, thank you again for checking us out. And if you made it this far, go check out DouglasOutdoors.com for the full lineup of rods and uh, check out where the, your nearest authorized dealer is. If you're going to be out there on the water this weekend, enjoy the, your time. Hope you slay him and be safe for your PADs. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.